House of the Dead 2, released October 14th, 2005. A phenomenal sequel to a phenomenal video game film. I'm Dylan Vento. This movie killed me, and now I am The Walking Dead. I'm Nick Nundahl. And this is Attract Mode. Nick, welcome back. Welcome uh, to this, this is this is Nick as a zombie. This is these are the sounds he makes. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film. Please disregard. Oh, uh, is is him just you know getting used to his new yeah. undead undead the, the rigor form. mortis taking over in my vocal cords. Yeah, yeah. Whew. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I just it, a lot of horror movies we've been watching and uh, yeah funny funny to watch them during the the holiday times right we couldn't land these around october it's too we're, many we're of them spilling into christmas and here yeah. we are um i'm a big fan of horror movies i think big it's fan. hard to it's hard to remember <laughs> anymore it's after remember watching what a all good these. horror movie is yeah yeah it's so funny because you were like has there been a good zombie movie while we were watching this and like we were able to name several so yes of course we know there are good zombie movies but it did take me a minute to just like snap out of the the drudgery that we've been trapped in with these. Uh, if you can't tell, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of House of the Dead too. This one oh, were you not? Yeah, <laughs> this one. I I mean I think the most controversial you never could have expected I would say it thing is that I like the first movie better. I hated that first movie. Which is quite the statement when we both kind of agree that that is by far the worst movie we've watched. Until now. Until yeah. now. A new low. Like, that one, at least in retrospect, and I know I do this a lot where like after I've had some time, I look back on things more fondly, you know, it's the whole rose colored glasses thing, but like that one at least had so much unique absurdity to it that I was like, oh my God, this is like you know this is something to talk about this was the most rote zombie drivel combined with i think we we need like you know for people who need trigger warnings we we need that for here for like sexual assault misogyny um like this movie is just filled with all of the worst tropes in horror all of the worst acting all of the worst dialogue writing um decent zombie makeup sure they got that they nailed that they got that it's very like michael jackson's thriller quality zombie makeup for most of the movie until they get to like a really massive crowd where then you can tell it's just like some white face paint slapped on somebody in dark eye circles but um before that every zombie is like you know someone took some time they they cared about what they were doing but everything else about this movie is a dumpster fire yeah, uh, I I was expecting you to also bring up just the generic uh, military 
bravado <laughs> that they make fun of at the beginning of the movie and then go ahead and just slip right back into those same tropes that they are seemingly mocking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was such a refreshing twist. So I what I don't want to do is talk about every scene of this movie because I think no, I'd go no, crazy. No, no. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's it was so hard repetitive. enough to pay attention. Yeah. It's repetitive. Like they had three ideas and they use them over and over and over again often like back to back and uh this is kind of the best example of it honestly is like the movie opens with like you know like hard ass uh line commander and a you know like boot camp commander guy yelling at his soldiers yeah and uh telling them that you know they need to to get ready to to fight the have the hardest fight of their lives yada 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 yeah well also and in that scene it's like it's like being shot in like what looks like an office in like a strip mall. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like it's just this confined, small, shitty looking space. It was just like white walls and, and doors. And like, what is, is this supposed to be like a barracks? Cause this just right. looks like shit. And the costuming is clearly like whatever vaguely camo stuff they could put on. Right. They went to the army and, and Navy store. And, and you want to call that out and be like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, Not even Army Navy store. Honestly, you can get this stuff at like Target, like like just, you know, the the most generic whatever. Some of them just had green shirts because it's what they had available. And you want to call that out um, for the costuming. But then they raise up water guns and you find out this whole scene is a joke. And you're like, oh, they understand that these movies do dumb paramilitary plots all the time maybe this one's self-aware enough to like take us somewhere. Um, and it's actually a frat. You had the very good joke at the time. They should call this frat house of the dead, which yep. would have been not only an amazing title to set up, like yeah, a title that explains what movie you're heading into, but it lets you sign up like a whole series of X house of the deads, you know, that could follow. So we had like, um, Grindhouse of the Dead, White House of the Dead. I can't remember some of the others we are, but uh, we had, but Roadhouse of the Dead. <laughs> like you could Bloomhouse Bloomhouse of the Dead. It's in a, <laughs> yeah, it's, on a it's a it's on a set for a horror movie shoot. Honestly, they they should do it. Bloomhouse should buy House of the Dead as a franchise just to do this. Um but so it's like, oh, okay, we're going in for that. And then we have a parade of sexual assaults that occur um where this frat attacks a sorority yeah they 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 go over to the neighboring sorority uh and they all have their like water guns at the ready that they're gonna like barge in uh and this guy dressed up as a pizza delivery guy goes up knocks on the door and one of the sorority sisters opens the door and he goes you've seen the rest now see the best he like tosses all the pizza boxes over his shoulder and not then ex- even a clever like who ordered the sausage pizza <laughs> like, right yeah nothing like that it, it concludes with him exposing himself to this woman yeah very like aggressively and then she like screams but is clearly like laughing screaming which is like that's not a good message to put out in the world that like it's okay to go and whip your dick out at sororities they'll just laugh it off like yeah not cool yeah. with that and then they come in the water guns are filled with uh some some beer and they're spraying the girls down it's wet t-shirt contest they barge in the room on someone having sex and videotape her and it was like you find out that that was planned the whole time just to like get footage of this girl banging a dude and she's 
you know, reasonably pissed off. Uh, and they're like, ah, ha, 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 isn't it funny that she's mad? So all of this is this is like just a, a series of awful things that are happening. And before we get yeah. a little further in the plot, I'm going to jump ahead to what our point was. We thought this movie was self-aware of the tropes and was going a different way. Then it didn't went this way, and then we're we're in stunned silence. Within the next ten minutes, we just end up in a paramilitary, you know, <laughs> like squad hunting zombies. Yeah. Yeah, like and getting picked off one by one. It just falls into what Resident Evil is, what Alone in the Dark was, what every single one of these movies is. Um, it falls right back into. Yeah. Um, uh, I want. I also want to point out that the the man having sex uh, with with the sorority sister is played by Pablo Schreiber, who yes. is uh, the current Master Chief in. Uh, in the the paramount plus the halo show so what what a legacy but yeah both maintaining uh uh great placement great casting video game movies and also having sex in those video game oh media well see i haven't seen halo so i don't know anything about well master chief fucks that's the that's all you really need to know (laughs) okay um yeah so when our sexual assaults are over the uh, camera follows one of these girls what a, the what one a that... grim what a grim statement <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> there's no there's no excusing this movie there's no apologizing for anything that's happening in it this shit is awful and it can like even though there's not that degree after this scene the movie is continually misogynistic and just generally awful all the way through like all the way to like final conflict time when someone's like i can't see your nipples anymore through your wet t-shirt like it's it's fucking bad and it's to stop myself from talking about the plot again for a moment you want the movie and the movie wants you to think that it's um it's making all of these like choices for characters who are misogynistic and a little dirt baggy and whatnot so that they can justify like doing bad things to them or that there's a time and a place for it in between certain characters or something like that. Never, never does it feel like this isn't just kind of how the writer director view the world. And like, (laughs) and it's like they, they, they see things, everything through a very male lens and see women as props in this play that they're putting on. Yeah. It's Um, not that they are trying to do a, a, commentary on these terrible misogynistic things it is exactly what you said it is that they are embodying these things and but like sometimes it's i forget i'm gonna butcher this quote but it's something like you know without the proper you know goalposts or milestones you can't tell what is parody and what's not like parody yeah. can sometimes become just uh emblematic of the thing is trying to satirize this doesn't even have that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> like it did for like maybe the first five minutes. And then after that, it, it loses all credibility. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, it really runs out of it during the frat house, like sorority raid thing. It immediately, you're like, Oh, ugh, this is uncomfortable. This is not. And, and like, I grew up on revenge of the nerds and animal house and porkies and all of these things that are dated and horrible now. Uh, oh, horrible then, but no one, you know, like wasn't uh, in my age wasn't talking about it being horrible. Uh, I grew up on those things, 
and and I get where this director certainly did as well and like wanted to do that kind of thing. 2000, 2003 feels a little late <laughs> for that, you know, like uh, I know things hadn't the wave yeah. hadn't really. Oh, it's 2005. Yeah. I, for some reason, I convinced myself this 2003. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Um, I don't know. It's it's real weird. Uh, so back to plot. The girl who got videotaped banging has run out of the house. She's clearly upset, like at presumably one of the like lowest points in her life that she was set up for this. And here comes a car down the road, rams right into her, knocks her down. Uh, guy gets out. It's Sid Haig, famously of like every Rob Zombie movie ever until his death. Um, and uh, he is uh, a professor at the the school, and he's like, "Hey, are you okay? You're gonna be all right." And she's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna be okay." And then we pan back the camera, and he has a tire iron behind his back and brains her. Um, from here, the the plot is he has a zombie in his lab at the school. From that, he seems to be running experiments on local college students. He has this girl dead on a table, injects her with something, um, does a really bad monologue. Well, before even that, I mean, he like he strips her down. Yeah, I was going to like <laughs> leave well, I, behind, but yeah, sure. no, I'm with well, you. Yeah, Go ahead. I, mean, I think it definitely needs to be reinforced that like this, because when you first see topless character, you're like, oh, okay, like that's a little risque or whatever. And it, it definitely like sets it, like you said, horror kind of trades and tropes that of, yes. of that kind of like nudity and whatnot, but also yeah. like it it goes very quickly from being like, "Hey, we're like doing the things other horror movies do," to like, "Oh, this feels real gross," because it is like him pulling off all of her clothes, and then yeah, she's just on a slab in this yeah. medical room, and yeah, it's just it is upsetting how much it occurs. It's worth bringing up for sure that it's it's just constant throughout the movie. There's if not just like objectification of women, there is just this general misogyny in other scenes as well. Um, and it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> the one time we get two women having a conversation without a man in the room, immediately they talk about how handsome the male lead is. <laughs> like that's all they talk about. But uh, so <laughs> he injects her with something, then goes into this really bad monologue about how, he failed as a scientist and all of it was for nothing and yada, yada, yada. He looks at the zombie he's got locked in the room and laments and then turns back around and, oh, she's up. She's a zombie. He throws his hands to the sky in a very like, ah, it's alive kind of way. Except he's like, I did it. And then the zombie jumps on his back. So we're to take from that. He has been bitten and turned. Um, then we we get introduced to our, our actual leads of the film. Um, so I, again, I don't want to go like scene by scene, but I'm just, you want to set them up, Dylan? Do you want me to set them up? I'll set them up. Yeah. Okay. So we have kind of, they have, again, stop me if you've heard this before, some sort of like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, clandestine government agency that like knows all about zombie outbreaks and tracks them and things like that. And it, it's called AMS or something. It's like some acronym, right? yes i don't remember the a yeah you're right ams okay um and and we're never told what the what the acronym stands for but we have these two agents we have uh agent nightingale uh and agent ellis 
they they rendezvous after Nightingale goes on a date with this shitty asshole that pretends to be uh, a neurologist and the chef gets bitten at the restaurant and so does one of, one of the waiters and they well, this is just the like unlucky in love trope right like she she can't meet a guy who's not an asshole but she works with a guy who's really handsome except he doesn't really kind of work with her like, like really uh jive with her her desires i guess i don't know yeah so they they pop the the chef in the head in this fucking restaurant and then contain the the bitten waiter and then they both both agents drive off in a in an ambulance so what they want to set up with in this scene is that like these are two professionals who know everything they need to know about killing zombies and that they are like they're they're the best of the best right like that's it's very men in black right um she finds out this guy was bitten in the kitchen goes back and kills him contains the other guy who gets bitten in the process at no point does she say now who bit this guy where is the biter should we track him down which it was sid haig we we see in a scene right before this sid haig is the guy who bites him he's just out back (laughs) and he's just chilling a a little spoiler after the credits of the movie we check in with sid haig again he is still out back so he's <laughs> that still restaurant? behind the restaurant after the movie's over, which takes place over, we know at least like days because there's characters who mention that it's been days or a week. They're not sure. Um, and so, and I know things don't have to happen in like literal time, but like they never go looking for him when he's just around back. And they're specifically talking about hoping they find a first generation infection that they can use in this plot and they never go well if he was bitten by someone maybe that's the first generation like you have to do your diligence yeah but here's the thing contract tracing in the real world is very difficult and like requires a lot of resources to figure it out contract tracing looking around (laughs) well well, hold on no i mean like i'm gonna switch to arguing in your favor okay contract tracing in a zombie outbreak is pretty A to B to C there. Like you just yes. go, okay, who's in the vicinity of this guy, and you go and find them. Okay, who's in the vicinity of this guy? I mean, like it, it, it's 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 passed through by bites, so you could literally do like dental impressions to like yes. easily confirm the yes. contact tracing. Or you just ask who bit the fucking like chef, and they say, oh, the homeless guy out back, because that's how they were treating him. You go out back, you see he's a zombie. You And then you interrogate t- him, you ask him, Hey, who bit you? Yeah, and he's like You're like, Got it. The the woman you kept trapped in your in your science lab. <laughs> slowly turning into Tim Allen. <laughs> um No, but you kill him, you identify him, then you go, No, okay, we need to go to his lab where he's working. Then you go to his lab and you go, Oh look, here it is. We've got it. Instead, they say, okay, leave that guy there. Don't pay attention to him at all. Go back to base. And their commander says, you need to go to this school because this school is where the zombie outbreak has happened that we have not contained. We have no sense. We're not giving you advanced like, statistics on scale of the infection. We're not setting up a perimeter of military guards. You're just going to go walk around and see if you can find the zombie you're looking for. At what point would they ever know? <laughs> like, I get, well, I guess they bring a device with them that reads the blood as they yeah. kill the zombies. They start checking them. But like, it's so 
lack of like uh, planning and, and forethought. Meanwhile, the other set of like primary characters we bring with us. So we got our two mains that you've introduced, but there's also a, a whole crew of disposable military folks who are going to die throughout this movie. And it's so clear, like there's your main characters. Here's your cannon fodder. Um, and the military characters, number one, their main characteristic is they all hate the government agents. Yeah. Um, because Those goddamn they, eggheads. Yeah. They're scientists and we're not, and therefore they are bad. Um, which, I mean, I guess there is some truth to that in the modern world that we've experienced. Um, yeah, and I was going to con- say, Nick, the, the most realistic part of this movie is, in fact, the lack of proper quarantining of a zombie outbreak. Yeah. If, I, yeah. if, if the actually, past couple yeah. of years are anything to go by, I think we'd actually be really bad in terms of responding to something like this. It is it is really funny how much watching this movie post in a post-2020 world is like, I mean, you can't help but constantly make comparisons to how things can be handled um we'd we'd have conservative radio hosts being like i got bitten and i'm fine it won't affect you at all i i took horse drugs and i'm doing (laughs) great if you inject yourself with bleach bleach. yeah you'll (laughs) you'll be fine yeah um so so they want them to just go to this town and find the first zombie in this town or this college campus excuse me um and all the military guys are are jerks there's two women in the military crew they're special forces by the way um there's two two women in there who are like maybe a little bit more human but that's only because this director and writer combo see women as like icons instead of humans and uh <laughs> so they're like yeah, I oh mean, yeah I, I, I was gonna say not to also s- spoiler some stuff but like go for it in in terms of you know thinking of who's going to die who's not going to die at the end of this horror movie I feel like the more sympathetic you make a character, the less likely yes. they are to die. Because yeah. the other characters, they try very hard <laughs> to make sure you hate them. Yeah. One character in particular is set up and you like you just know he's gonna get this horrible death because he is outrageously aggressively misogynistic and uh, and, and just shitty to everyone when they do start making their way into the military uh, into the college campus he's like robbing dead bodies and stuff like he's just a dirt bag of the yep. worst kind and i mean he gets his comeuppance but like it's not like what you want you want him to like really suffer if you're gonna make that character and you don't want it to take the entire fucking movie <laughs> which is a problem they have as well mm-hmm. um so all right where do we but but, but just as frustrating we should talk about some of the other military characters because you have that guy who is just this misogynistic asshole Mm -hmm. robbing robbing dead people but then you also have this fucking like vincent d'onofrio in full metal jacket like bumbling heavy set (laughs) dude he's like oh i don't know about that sarge he's constantly talking to himself he can't even like like, put his uh body armor on which god logistically i have so many problems this movie i want to come back to the body armor but yeah, he's like bumbling and, and just terrible at everything. Yeah. Which and, like, and how did this guy get into special forces? Like, were right. they like really, they, they have like a, like a recruiting drive or something. What happened here? And they, rec- they constantly refer to him as private. So like the others must have higher rank, right? If they're not private, but he's private. So 
unless this director has no sense of rank, which is entirely possible. I certainly don't really have a sense of rank. But she, like him and uh, the brunette woman are both privates, and then the blonde woman right, is a lieutenant. She's new, yeah. Uh, and then everyone else's rank, I'm a little unclear on. Yeah, but they're definitely treating him like he's like the low man on the team who like you know just he's an idiot and he sucks at everything but we're gonna bring him along as part of the team i don't know um and uh yeah who else do we have the sarge the sarge is um uh like i'm tough and i hate the government (laughs) but i'm in the military and you guys are you guys are going to be begging me to save your lives because i'm the only one with skill and or my, my people are the only ones with skill and you scientists are bad at your your existence yeah <laughs> and him and ellis have like a dick measuring contest because yeah that guy's a sergeant major call it that in the yeah. well they say like swinging dicks or something i can't remember but yeah um but, but he's a sergeant major and then ellis is like technically above him he like outranks him even though he's like yeah. civilian or whatever the hell i don't like i don't know how they classify or like the, paramilitary yeah, yeah government exactly. agency um I looked up AMS on the uh, the Wiki of the Dead, which is a great name for a House of the Dead wiki. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, accept it. Uh, and nowhere on this page do they list what AMS stands for. Like they've got well, a whole page dedicated to AMS, and it's just like it's a government agency. I don't know what it means. <laughs> fantastic. I love it. Don't have to worry about filling out your lore if you ma- just make a terrible movie. Well, I mean, this is for the video games. This is AMS oh, is an agency even better. in the video game. Even yeah. better. But I, I will say House of the Dead as a video game doesn't need that deep lore, right? You sure. just need yeah. like set pieces and it's lots a light of things to game. kill. So we've got a bunch of a bunch of meatheads. Uh, the two scientists, they, they get to the place. They're constantly talking about how good this special forces team is, how absolutely primed and ready for this task they are they've even done target shooting practice getting headshots on paper targets with zombie faces on them they get into the field they see one zombie and they say what the hell is that (laughs) (laughs) they have no idea what a zombie is they shoot it three times in the body and say that's real tough motherfucker and then they knock it down, and before he goes to shoot it in the head, uh, implying I guess maybe they know headshots are good, but it's never been said at this point, um, the scientists go and pull the blood. And this is where we find out that they are looking for a first-generation blood sample, and they have a little reader that will tell them, you know, green light when they find one. So they're going to have to individually test every zombie in this entire yeah. college campus. Um right after that we have a second zombie appear they do come one at a time for a good while in this movie like a really good while it's polite um, of them and uh immediately the fat guy gets like knocked over by not even like pushed over but just like his fear makes him fall over and instead of shooting the zombie that is a good five feet away from him when he falls uh his partner his buddy whatever uh in the squad um drops his gun on the ground and goes to uh martial arts fight this zombie now i'm pretty sure the reason for this is that guy is a real martial i mean surely he's a real martial artist based on his his choreography um the director is a former like mixed martial artist fighting champion or something like that 
and this has got to be like a friend of his who wanted to make a breakout and wanted to get some film reel or something. So he does a bunch of like impressive kicks and punches and things like that. And uh, afterwards gets bitten. Um, they kill a zombie, but he gets bitten and and they act like they don't understand the infection at all. And I'm really at this point starting to wonder, did they prepare this military squad at all for what they're going in when it's already established they like the AMS definitely 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 knows about zombies it's not like I mean this is a sequel to the first movie they do know about the events of that movie they do know like literally shoot them in the head and infection transmission and things like that um, they act as if the idea of doing anything to this guy to try to stop the infection or to kill him is unheard of it's bananas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way the way they've they've set this up that they like go in knowing about zombies and then proceed to not properly prepare for them. Um I do want to go back to the body armor. You sure? Because yeah, because that that's going into that same thought, not preparing for zombies. They're wearing body armor that is clearly like you know, vitals covering, right? Like you're worried in a in a military combat about being shot in the torso because you don't want a, a organ to rupture your heart to take a bullet or whatever. That yeah. makes good sense to have presumably like bulletproof armor. I don't know if what they're wearing would be bulletproof in this fiction because it certainly <laughs> looks more like plastic paintball armor. Yeah. But but whatever they're wearing it for, they're covering their torso, arms fully exposed. The most likely place you're going to get bitten or scratched or grazed by any kind of zombie juice it, clearly your arms and they also mention at some point that blood can infect you and they're not Which, covering their faces they're literally yeah. getting like drenched in in blood and getting it on their teeth in multiple shots nobody gives a shit about that nope no ppes very irresponsible yeah um so they're they're the worst prepared zombie hunting crew that claims to be the best prepared in the world and, but it's and like then, it's like did when they said zombies did they think they were joking did they like think yeah. zombie was like some sort of like nickname for what they were actually going to be up against? Well, we should talk about their real nickname for what they're up against. Oh God, yes, because it makes no sense at all. Yes, when, when they do refer to them as zombies, apparently a good like little IMDb trivia thing. Um, Fifteen times in the movie, they use the word zombies, which is very out of character because most zombie movies will completely avoid the word zombie. It's just like a genre blindness trope, like. You call them Walking Dead or Walkers or the Undead or whatever, but the yeah. Infected. You never call them zombies. This Ghouls. movie, fifteen times zombies, like Adam Driver in that one <laughs> zombie movie with Bill yes. Murray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was very intentional, right? They're doing it to play on the trope in that movie. Um, so uh, in this one, it's all over the place. But when they are talking about it from like a, a military perspective, like this is an operation we're performing. They are hyper sapiens. In Great. what world would you hear hyper sapien and think, oh yeah, a decaying, rotting corpse that's still animate? Like what I think of like a super soldier, right? A, a, a like super fast, super smart, evolved being, advanced being of some kind. Never, never a rotting corpse. All right. So the next forty five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah is walk around 
get caught off guard by a single zombie fight to the death, mostly die unless somebody comes up and shoots it in the back of the head from behind. Is that, I mean, that's a fair, like either you die or somebody shoots a zombie in the back of the head. And that is repeated too many times to keep track of. Yeah. And I mean like that first encounter where they're like, for the first time apparently learning what a zombie is and what a zombie mm-hmm. bite does they lose two guys because the first guy because mr mma goes up to fisticuffs with the zombie he gets bitten yeah. and then the medic on the team goes to try to save him and then he gets bitten so they both have to get shot in the head yeah and it's like okay we're just we're just really gonna start reducing these numbers real quick um yeah but yeah, it's different encounters. People split off for no good reason and have yeah. like altercations. There are constant times where they assume someone is not a zombie, which if I was going into an infected area, I'm yes. going to assume everyone is a zombie. Everyone 100%. is infected. I'm going to assume that, you know, you are kill on site unless you prove otherwise. And there's I mean, like yeah, a you p- give them a chance, right? But you, you, you know, you definitely stay at the ready to fight a zombie if you have to you don't ever go no nah, he's a human that's a human right there's this, they whole, do in this movie <laughs> there's a whole sequence where they're in the library of the campus and two of them it's you know trembling bumbling uh overweight guy yeah and uh another squad mate and the other squad mates like oh there's a guy here he's just sitting here reading a book he doesn't even know what's going on it's just a guy kind of well, slumped over looking at a book before they do that <laughs> Before they do that, they do what passes for character development in this movie, which is he looks around the library and says, man, I love books. <laughs> <laughs> and starts naming off yes, different authors. authors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to like make him the smart guy. Um, and then he sees someone reading. And then uh, so the, the implication here is that like, oh, that guy's like me. He must be a human. He must be good. But also you've literally fought multiple zombies to get in here. Why would, if this was a human survivor, if that's your, your instinct is telling you that, why would he be wearing like noise canceling headphones with his head down in a book, not worried about the endless flow of zombies all around him? Yeah. <laughs> um, the worst yes. tactical team I've ever seen brought to film. Yeah. Man, I thought I was going to have a really hard time talking about this movie, but every time we start mentioning a scene, I have infinite criticisms. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Um, <laughs> Should right. we talk about uh, shitty asshole looter guy and yes, the, please do. The, scene, the scene in the dorm? So shitty asshole looter sexist guy, he goes off with the two uh, female soldiers um they're investigating the dorms they think they hear someone so like oh there's there's someone making noise like we gotta go rescue them they come yeah, into this must room be a survivor yeah <laughs> absolutely if, if i've learned nothing it's that there has to be survivors that are not infected mm-hmm. um and they go in this room and they find out it's a radio that's playing it's like just playing like you know interview radio uh and they're like oh there's no one here and then there's an infected woman also naked uh yes of course of course and they kill her and then the looter guy just to make sure you know that he is the worst 
possible person in this entire movie he finds a digital camera which ain't that quaint seeing one of those that's uh, a not disposable a smartphone. camera disposable uh, camera no no it's digital right? it's oh, got like it? a digital okay, screen okay. Yeah, yeah yeah okay um a and he hands the camera over to one of the two ladies he's with and he's like take a picture of me with my new girlfriend and he proceeds to pick up the woman that they had just shot and like pose with her in the room and like continues to pressure the other soldiers to do that until they continue to refuse he's like i'll do it and he like takes a selfie with her terrible horrible yeah is this a commentary on like Guantanamo stuff that was happening around this time in the real world? Or is it just that this director wanted more boobs in the movie? So he wanted to have this girl's naked chest on the screen for longer than it took to kill her. It could definitely <laughs> be both. Yes, I mean, I, that's I feel, accurate. Yeah. I feel like the phrase, I feel like the word commentary might be giving him too much credit yes, for, yeah. for what ends up happening here. It is definitely is like. It, spoofing that i feel like like i feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't be difficult to conclude that he heard about the shitty stuff that was happening in guantanamo and be like oh let's like yeah replicate that but it's not it it feels like he wants to act like he's doing commentary on it yeah but he has nothing to say about it he just wants to do it and also he really likes boobs which like yeah i get that (laughs) but like (laughs) this is gross like boobs great this gross (laughs) don't don't mix them (laughs) and and i was so waiting for the zombie to like pop back to life and like destroy this dude and rip him the shreds and it never happens but yes yeah so i guess like well he he needs to be set up as this worst guy so that he can have the worst death that's what you're waiting for i suppose fucking movie and it never, never gives him the worst death. We see yeah. a random one-off character get a worse death than this. Like, you know, a nothing character. So, yeah, it should have been like, oh, it like grabs his throat and rips it out slowly and you get the like best visual effect. And instead, <laughs> what ends up happening off of this scene, uh, do we call this a pivotal scene in the movie? I, I, I think it feels it's, like it- it's going to be. Yeah, it acts like it is because they they wonder how did they because they realize like, oh, these two people were like locked in this room together. Like they they there's seemingly no forced entry, so how did they get infected? And I think maybe they also saw that they had no bite marks or something. But they didn't say that, did they? I can't I can't remember. Like because I come remember to the conclusion that they, they they didn't get infected by someone else biting them. Yeah. Which which my thought was like one of them could have been bitten and come in, right? Like or yeah. a third party could have bitten them and left and they closed the door after like so many possibilities that don't require a forced entry, but it, maybe they said the biting and I missed it. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. I, I, I'll be frank. I was really tuned out struggling by this, by <laughs> yeah. this point in the movie. Yes. And uh, the so dialogue. they, they're like wondering, it's like, huh? So how did they get infected? And then shitty asshole looter sexist guy gets bitten by a mosquito yeah and they're like oh no so so they're complete idiots about everything else in life but they can infection vector (laughs) right but they can accurately ascertain that a a a mosquito that sucks the blood of an infected person could then transmit that infection the zombie infection to other people yeah but licking the blood of an infected person off of your teeth 
Not a problem. No problem. No, not not an issue. Yeah. Also, they're positing that it could be like airborne right before this happens. And don't you love it when life gives you a question, you know, a quandary, something to puzzle over. Yeah. And then immediately in the same second gives you the answer and nowhere else do, would that answer come up because no one else in the movie encounters a mosquito. No one else deals with like infected that are out of like reach of bite you know like every other transmission is bite based especially doesn't come up amongst the 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 two highly trained yeah uh, versed in science and pathology people no it comes up between the three military grunts yes yeah um and we don't see like at the end of the movie a mosquito flying out of the town to carry the infection to another town like it it, it is it is very isolated this moment when it feels in the in the scene you're like okay here's a pivot like this is something's going to change for the rest of this movie um instead they argue with the guy about how now that he's bitten he needs to die um but they don't want to kill him they're going to give him a gun and he can kill himself when he's ready and he's like fuck that i've got millions of dollars riding on me being the one to take that sample out of here because instead of giving it to the government to then contract with pharmaceutical companies to generate a vaccine to save the world. I'm going to sell it to a single vex, a single pharmaceutical company to make millions of dollars. And for you two ladies to uh, willingly sacrifice the world, uh, I think about $500,000 each is, is the right price tag, right? Like, yeah, let's all share the money. I'll make several million. You'll make half a million each. And, uh, and I'm not saying there's a right number, right? Like you can't offer me $3 million and then I'll go, yeah, all right. Like, (laughs) but, but (laughs) Nick gets $3 million and then goes, you know what? Yeah. Insulin should cost several hundred dollars a vial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a right number, but there is an insultingly low number, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I know your worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh they end up fighting with him knocking him out and handcuffing him to the radiator since he's not willing to uh off himself they don't kill him they leave him with a gun and and that's it um we will not see that guy for a very long time to the point where i really really thought that was it for him like yeah they just abandoned that character yeah uh, there was a version of this movie ending in my mind that I would have loved, which is they do end up like, you know, doing a missile strike on the city and, um, you get like the resident evil style, like full city gets nuked image in my, in my imagination, not in this movie. Um, but like seeing that, but like having like just before it hits him, wake up and realize he's not infected. And then boom, (laughs) like that could have been the payoff for how shitty he was is like the he never even got infected but he still had to die um instead we just forget about him for a while and we do lots more people getting picked off one by one for really dumb reasons not looking into okay every military movie i've ever seen in my life when they do a raid on a place they run up to the corner of a wall or you know and like very carefully peek around the door to make sure there's no you know bogeys on the other side or whatever and then they go Uh in every time they open a fucking door in this movie 
they're like turned around not looking where they're going and they're talking to someone and then something jumps on them and they're like ah fuck <laughs> like it's so repetitive and so incompetent um but i i want to like race us to towards the end of the movie is there anything important you want to cover before we're down to like the final uh four ish characters as um, well and, and the two new characters we have to mention i guess but basically the lab i want to get to the lab yeah yeah let's let's go to the lab all right so eventually whittled down to just the two government agents in one squad and just the um blonde lieutenant from the special forces being like our only characters alive um the special uh the, the government agents just happen through blind luck to walk into the laboratory where uh, Sid Haig was synthesizing his zombie uh, virus. Um, Is there immortality juice, please? Yes, thank you. The juice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so got the juice. They get in there. They start getting shot at. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Zombies can't shoot. They call out, which is, of course, ironic, right? Every other time they meet a zombie, they go, I don't know, maybe they're a survivor. And then the one time they meet survivors, they're like, are they able to shoot guns now? (laughs) Are the zombies getting smarter? Um, Because there's been some talk about mutations, which I don't ever think pays off, does it? No, no, it's just really a throwaway line. Um, So they, they clear things up that everyone's alive in the lab. And they talk to them, and these are two research assistants at the school who were helping Sid Haig with his completely unacceptable, awful human captivity program. Yeah, his (laughs) Um, totally unethical, like, fringe science. Goes beyond (laughs) the bounds of any, any human morality. Yeah. So what has happened is there, the girl in the locked up room which why did that room exist? It's like a cell. It's a full-on cell. Yeah. That he has not not because she's there, but he had before she was there. Um she is the last survivor from the prior movie. So at the end of the last movie, we get the reveal that our character Randy is actually Randy Curian, who is the creator of the zombie virus in the games. And we think, oh, okay, he's the the creator of the virus, um, in, which <laughs> they kind of, I guess, continue with because turns out his dad is Sid Haig's character. He is Professor Curian. Um, and when they got away from that whole situation in the first movie, even though they like joined some, presumably they joined AMS at the end of that movie, they joined some paramilitary government agency. Or at the um, very least, they got interrogated by them. There's like a well, little didn't he, interrogation at the end? Flashback. Isn't he like in a suit and tie with sunglasses on and working for them, Randy? No, I think he's just kind of walked off. Of, okay. of the island with with with. No, them. I think like, there was a scene after that. Maybe Is I it can't. All remember. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Did I make it all up? Yeah. Was it all a dream? <laughs> was is um, this podcast a prison of my own making? It is. It truly is. <laughs> Um, so, uh, regardless, Randy has brought his girlfriend who was brought back from the dead in that movie to his dad. 
she is slowly becoming more and more like a zombie. Um, so I guess it didn't take, she didn't really get resurrected. And, uh, Sid Haig is using her blood to build his version of the immortality juice. Um, so that's our whole plot. Um, the, these characters have been here for a, a few days to a week hiding out in this room. They make a very important like statement that they're eating protein bars to survive, which like, I don't know. Just the weird minutia this director and writer were like, oh, we got to explain why they can live here. Yeah, why they survive, but not um, how the blood, if you get it in your mouth, it doesn't infect you, even though we totally said it would. Yeah, it's so like inconsistent and all over the board. But, um, but the, the, the stereotypes here, because obviously the frat and sorority stereotypes at the beginning of the movie uh, are one thing. But this couple, this college couple, it's like a skater bro. Yeah. Who's wearing just, you know, long sleeve shirt with a t-shirt over it, just super grunge. Um, and then like a preppy girl. And it's yeah. like these two would not <laughs> associate they with one another. Specifically romantically involved, or were they just both lab assistants? I think they said that. I think they said they were. Okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. Um, well, either way, oh yeah, you're right. Because I don't think he was a lab assistant. I think just her, because she's the one who has access to the room. It starts rattling off techno science babble yeah she's like he's able to stimulate cellular mitosis through like like just literally like high school level biology terms but with no context like she's just saying the words and and they're like whoa 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 that's a little over our heads (laughs) me a professional (laughs) (laughs) it's not supposed to be over your heads um (laughs) but at any rate they're like she's the first zombie from Isla del Muerte. She's the one that we have to like get the blood from. This is all worth it. So the girl lets them in the room. Okay. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Seems irresponsible, but all right. Oh, they have to get them in through a biometric scan. Also, there's like a giant on her handprint. Yeah. Yeah. Giant, giant handprint console, which again, presumably existed before he had the girl like here like yeah. he knew what he was doing <laughs> he's like making his requisitions to the university he's like yeah i'm gonna need like a full like medical cell like medical cell you, and and giant well, you know, like a containment room for any kind of weird experiments i'm doing <laughs> but, oh sure 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 okay we'll yeah. put that down put that as line item and then what else giant hand biometric sensor yeah yeah <laughs> this movie's ridiculous uh so it's it's awful let's like i i need to reinforce it every single time it is a terrible is the worst film we've seen by far on so many metrics yeah i think it's just morally one of the worst films we've ever seen and outside of this podcast even which is what you know hurts it in in the biggest way um so okay logistics of this situation right you don't need a living zombie to take the blood sample from most syringe vials like the the tubes are plastic okay so you just need to get in there kill the zombie take your plastic tube put it in your pocket and get the fuck out of town this this is this should be the end of the movie this should be it but instead they decide to go in wrestle the zombie to the ground okay whatever i don't know why but another action sequence of the movie get her pinned down take the blood sample in a like glass vial put it in her pocket um and then tracking this blood vial is very important over the next few scenes um 
they uh <laughs> uh do end up that the zombie like gets the better of them because I guess they're hyper sapiens and they're super strong. Even though she's pinned down, she like pushes off the ground enough to throw the guy against the wall. Um, they have to shoot her head off. Blood goes like a bucket of blood into the dude's mouth. Nobody's concerned. They leave her body in there. So my, my thoughts are like, Oh, well did they have to wrestle her because you need like a living sample? That doesn't, that's not how biology works. It doesn't make sense, but this that, movie doesn't how know how biology works, works anyway. So, like, maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, but, okay, so they've left her dead. So, patient zero's done. Left for dead. All, patient... <laughs> um, they go to leave the room. The door is closed, sealing them in there. The two people, the one person who can let them out, is for some reason way back in the next room like yeah like far far away she's kind of like like sauntering her way back up to the door to I, scan her hand i got a totally different read than what the scene wanted to give me the way it's shot like down this corridor through this tiny little window it makes you feel trapped right is oh shit she's betraying them because behind her and she's got her her boyfriend right next to her behind her is a crowd of zombies like a large crowd of zombies and the door to the room doesn't if you think about the 3d space like how the fuck they got there doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense unless she like had a secret wall that she pulled back and there was a bunch of zombies behind it or something so it's like oh shit she was like in on it the whole time she wasn't just like a lowly assistant that's why she never reported the trapped girl in the lab or whatever um <laughs> the, the, the skater dude holds up a peace sign and i was like oh he's he's like they're gonna leave him here they're peacing out they start walking towards the camera huh what's going on here they're leading the zombies to them they must be right nope they don't know that there's 16 zombies behind them in this tight lab uh, that doesn't make sense how they got there they are caught completely unawares they get ripped apart literally yeah and the agents are trapped in the room and it's like, oh shit, how are they going to get out of here? And I feel like the fucking pitch meeting guy on YouTube now. It's like, <laughs> oh no, how are they going to get out of there? That's going to be a huge problem for them. Nope, super easy, barely an inconvenience because somehow separate from her body, not shown off screen. So you have no sense of how it happens. The girl's hand ends up on the handprint yeah. reader and lets them out. Like completely not dismembered arm. Like it shows it scanning <laughs> yeah. the hand and then it, the camera follows the arm all the way down until the part where it's completely it's like just hanging meat and then severed, a blood trail yeah. and then her body. So you can think of this as like one of two things happened. Either she was like crawling towards it, slapped her hand down and then got dragged back and they ripped it off. Like what was holding her arm? Does the handprint scanner glue her arm <laughs> to it? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just what, cinches what it in. What happened there makes it's no quite, sense. It's a lot of force to to rip a, a human arm off. Yes. J just ask or, Goro. Or while she was pinned down five feet away, she ripped off her own arm and football <laughs> threw it to the handprint <laughs> like, scanner. Like Captain Boomerang just like wound <laughs> it up. <laughs> Those are the only two possibilities. <laughs> um what's so, really funny about your like whole explanation about that is like every suggestion you made is like oh clearly they're doing this because by the yeah. rules of movie making by yeah. the rules of like shot composition clearly it's doing this and we do that so much 
on this show where we're watching something it's like okay this is what's going to happen yeah. and when it does we are bored right we're like okay that's mm-hmm. because like by mm-hmm. the tropes of the medium this is what's going to happen and when it doesn't happen we're flabbergasted because it's <laughs> yeah. like what are you doing like yeah. why is do you not know well, how movies it's work a, it's a language right it's a communication medium you have to teach someone like what you want them to to take from the scene and in unskilled hands it's like you know it's like a monkey with a typewriter right just smacking down any kind of any kind of trope or camera shot or whatever is going to present a very different series of of communications um and in this one i had no idea what they wanted or what actually happened in the scene what's funny is because when when i saw it i thought they had already turned into zombies because like the way it's shot Mm -hmm. and they're kind of backlit they were also like emaciated because they'd supposedly been living there off of protein bars for a week um and they had like like very bad makeup like you know darkening their eyes and things like that yeah. to make them look they were like trying to show been... them like like starving and then they they went for starving and ended up with faces of meth uh <laughs> yes. Easy, yes easy mistake to make yes absolutely um okay so they start to walk out of here they do see a uh, skateboard guy begging to be helped as he's getting like his stomach eaten and yeah. <laughs> instead of even just killing him to like as a kindness would have been you know fine they just like look horrified and leave him <laughs> there, which is so shitty. I guess they wouldn't have been able to kill him because we find out. Wait, mm. I might be mixing up some scenes. They, yeah, they the, get outside. The chronology first here, here yeah. is, is difficult. They get outside, <laughs> there's um, good, and there's a good reason why it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, what I'm not a hundred percent on is when the axe comes in. That's because they, the the second the time. second run yeah. okay yeah yeah so that's why this this movie sucks <laughs> another reason why this movie sucks is they do just do all of this again so um they get outside they say we're low on ammo then uh a huge swarm of zombies is here the first time we ever see a crowd of zombies in the movie that isn't well i guess the crowd in the room was pretty big but this is like a big big out- outdoor crowd um concert crowd <laughs> big, <laughs> and, big. Uh, big big they have to fight their way through the zombies. You said it best. There's no sense of stakes or scope of scale for like where they're trying to get to or how they're going to survive or how at risk they are because the zombies surround them. But at no point does any zombie make what looks like it's going to be a lunge for a bite. It's literally just like limp noodle arms slapping at them the whole time. They're literally um, like just, just like waving their hands at them and they're pawing. all within reach. Yeah, they're all touching them. Like the hands are going over the two agents and yet yes. they're and they're like looking like the shark. It's like, we gotta get through. We gotta push through. Follow yeah. me. Ah but like there's yeah. no threat. Because at this point, the laws of the movie have taught you that like if you underestimate a zombie for a second, you're dead. You're gonna get bitten. Yes. And then they throw that all out the window. Plot armor to the max here. Yeah. I I never could have imagined I would be nostalgic for that fucking awful heavy metal shot, kill every zombie in the crowd <laughs> scene in the first movie. This is so lifeless. Well, zombies. Haha. This is so bland and unexciting as an action sequence to like push through a crowd of zombies with no no stakes whatsoever oh okay so they they they're they're making their way out 
um, Night Agent Nightingale has the the blood sample on her. She gets knocked down, and she says, "Take the sample," and gives it to Ellis, the male agent. He takes it, puts it in a little back pouch on his hip, and refuses to leave her behind. So he like drags her out of the zombies. Somehow, neither of them getting bitten, even though they're literally like all over them. They look up, and here comes the lieutenant from the special forces. She has taken their like military van which is really just like a straight up fedex delivery truck yeah um but it's supposed to be a military van uh she's pulling that up she starts shooting some zombies they get into the back of it he says just go just go while he's hanging on the back of the the van um a zombie grabs onto his pants (laughs) they start driving away a zombie's got my pants (laughs) yeah he has put this critical vial of blood the whole mission in a detachable Velcro pouch, which the zombie grabs onto, and because it grabs there, falls off of him and yanks it with him and hits the road and tumbles, and for whatever reason, that zombie dies from just rolling down the road. Um, but then we cut to the vial, which was inside this pouch, should have been pretty sheltered, and especially if it was a fucking plastic vial, would never break, um, but because it's a glass vial, is completely shattered and the blood is just on the pavement. Yeah. The lieutenant explains that they have called in a missile strike. The city is about to be detonated, and uh, they only have 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes, um, and they can't radio out because radios don't work. <laughs> now, you made the good point to bring up that GPS is working just fine. They've brought that up a couple times, yeah. but radios just don't work. Any reason why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, zombie when they, when interference they were, when they were underground because the 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 college campus has like a giant underground component to it that they travel through yeah they could they couldn't radio out and it's like okay that that that's acceptable sense yeah but then they gps they use a gps while they're underground and it's like okay now i'm calling bullshit and then the justification why they can't use the radio to stop the missile strike is that the radios have broken like on their end so it's not like like the radio waves just stopped working. It's but like, just, how does a radio get broken? <laughs> you sit <laughs> like, on it. But they're not. You put, they're you not put it in your back pocket and a zombie rips it off and it falls off the back of the truck. And hey, in 2005, I had a cell phone. I don't understand. You know? <laughs> yes, thank you. you. <laughs> they, they have a cell phone in this movie. The shitty guy steals one at one point. It's true. Like cell phones are common in this. Apparently that guy picks up no less than like five different checkoffs guns that you yeah. think are going to like come back in the play and never do. Never do the cell phone. He picks up it's ringing and he answered it and he's like, John can't come to the phone right now. He's dead. And then pockets the cell phone. And it's just like, Oh, what a fucking dirt bag. Um, okay. Uh, they decide the mission can't be bust. They have to go back. We only have 10 minutes. Okay. Drive us to the opposite side of campus. We'll go in through the underground tunnels, walk across campus, go back into the lab, get the vial, come out, and we'll be fine. It is shocking that both they made the end of this movie a fetch quest where they're just going to do the same thing they just did. The same exact thing. (laughs) And also, because you hear that and you go, okay, like, right, like, you know, 
Fury Road's the famous example of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to start at a place, we're going to try to escape that place, and then halfway through the movie, we're going to decide to go back. Like, But we're going to come at it from a different, you know, energy and like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, but, 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 but the, the basic structure is very similar and, and it works. Um, obviously, it's all about execution. Um, so if you accept that, that's what they're going to do. You accept that, okay, the, the plan here is to just go back and retrieve it. Makes sense. We know exactly where you need to go. We know exactly what building you just came out of. Yep. Drive your van in. into the front steps and get yeah. the fuck out and grab it. Yeah. And and go into that lab and get the blood. Nope. Like you said, the very next cut is to them just walking alongside the campus football stadium. Like they are walking like yeah. right next to the turf. And then they look across the field and there's a bunch of zombie football players and they all go, we got to go through them. And they're just doing the stupid, like, you know, like, last, last 10 seconds of the big game rush. And they're like pushing the zombies over and kicking them and like running past them and shit. And it's like, what is the, the guy catches of- a football from a zombie? Yes. Yes. The zombie throws and a football to him. It's worth pointing out that they have taken the time to freshly clean themselves up before coming here. They've wiped mm-hmm. all like perfectly wiped off all the blood off their bodies and everything. That's on they continuity. Are, that should be that's a that's a someone I don't should have think, lost their job for that. I, I mean, there's there's so many continuity moments in this movie where like someone is literally covered in blood and then we do a different camera angle and there's not a drop on them and then back again. Um, I don't think that's continuity. I think this is implying because he's constantly like wiping the blood off of his face, um, which is also weird because in the first time he shoots someone. And gets blood on his face. He just lets it sit there for like 10 minutes. But then in this back half of the movie, you just see him always wiping down. He's oh, 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 got to get the blood <laughs> off. Like he's always doing it. I think it's implying that he took the time to clean up out of their 10 minutes available. <laughs> That'd be wild. That'd be wild if that was the case. I think it is. I think it's real. Um, <laughs> so they do their stupid football fight. They get into the underground they um they're they get stopped because there's too many zombies fucking of course um they wow pull. the zombies are having sex now i mean i guess yeah, it is a college too, campus well, i mean look where this movie started <laughs> yeah um they they come up with the plan that he never introduced in the movie never talked about at all the zombies hunt by scent and they won't kill if they smell one of their own never been discussed never been established never theorized just boom i know this to be true so he covers himself with zombie blood um so that he can go sneak out of this area they're trapped in open a vent and then they can all crawl out through the vent except the vent in question that he's opening up is like literally one of those like four screws holding it in place aluminum vents that you could literally you know, lightly kick and it would rip off the wall. There is zero chance. They couldn't have just smashed their way through this vent incredibly easily. Instead, they want to set up this quote unquote high tension moment where he's like unsure if his zombie plan is going to work. And they do this. The Foley team is doing this like, (laughs) like hyper loud (laughs) sniffing as all the zombies are checking him out. And, uh, he he's like oh no i think this one zombie knows me and it's like the zombie that loved books in the library it's one of the uh, special forces guys um and uh but nope it works everything's fine 
Um, they get out through the vent. They get into the lab again. Um, the two lab assistants are there, and they come back as zombies and bite the special forces lieutenant. And she's like, oh, I know how this goes, and kills herself. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've seen zombie movies. Yes, exactly. They, they don't. They're not genre blind, which doesn't make the beginning of the movie make any sense. Um, they they get the blood sample out of the zombie that they killed, implying that they never needed to not kill it. Um, they get out of here. They they are out of ammo, so there's just a fireman's axe on a wall that is literally like in the commons area, like yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. an area that like everyone every college student would come through. There's like arcade um, machines and shit in there too. Yeah. It's like yeah, and there's just an TV. Un- unsecured fire axe just on like might as well be like command strip hooks on the wall (laughs) (laughs) and uh he like looks at it grabs it and they fight their way out now again she has the sample again she passes off the sample to him because she gets overwhelmed by zombies this time he doesn't pull her out of there he makes his escape um leaves her behind gets this to is the, the well this is when the cruise missile hits is oh, right yeah. as he is yeah, leaving this you. building and it strikes uh whatever the science building this is or dormitory would not really well, clear it's confusing because he's coming out of the commons so like it's right. it's everything had, it's yeah, yeah he had to leave that medical room to get yeah. there so it's it's it's, doesn't, it's a literally just an everything building <laughs> right logistics <laughs> yeah. don't make sense and so the missile hits the building and explodes and covers it in the worst cg flames you have ever seen mm-hmm. in a film after effe- not after effect, uh, iMovie like yeah, digital effect yeah. paste onto it just just sitting on top of the the ruined building and he gets thrown forward and he makes his way back to the 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 squad truck and who nick would be there waiting for him sergeant jackass no not sergeant <laughs> lieutenant jackass i don't know what his rank was it doesn't yeah, matter I don't know what his rank is um the the super misogynist has cut his own hand off yeah he and escaped saw. the radiator he, he sawed himself to to get back he explains that because his bite was so small the amount of blood transferred into him was small enough that he isn't turning immediately it slowly was working his way through his system, so he cut off his hand so he won't turn. I love that he explains that as if he knows that for a fact, as if yes. he has any yes. factual basis on which to use that. Yeah, lots of declarations. Yeah, and not that he's just sh- completely shooting in the dark, making assumptions. And and you know that it was written just so that they would be like, people are going to wonder why he didn't turn. I better tell them so they don't question my movie and my my brilliance. <laughs> my genius. Uh, my genius here. Yeah. Um, and it can't be a question. It can't be like, well, maybe this happened because it has to be definitive for the dumb audience. Like, that's the writer's, like, <laughs> thought process. Yeah. Um, so uh, he wants the uh, vial because he is, you know, still planning on selling it. And he they argue back and forth about how millions of lives, maybe billions of lives would be at stake. And he's like, yeah, well I need millions of dollars cause I'm a fucking asshole. And, uh, he gets the vial. He's about to shoot agent Ellis, uh, just on the chance that like Ellis would betray him and reveal what he's done or whatever. 
Um, and just before he's going to do it, also, it's clear that they were out of budget for any more missiles because they were like, I called off the missiles. <laughs> so uh, that's not going to happen anymore. And then just as he's raising his gun, bang, bang, he goes, ah, oh, fuck, and drops dead. <laughs> and uh, behind him is uh, Nightingale, uh, Agent Nightingale. Thank you. Yes. Who has, has escaped, um, presumably unharmed and is okay. Survived a missile strike, a direct Survived a missile, missile strike. strike on the building she was in and a horde of zombies around her and she's fine. Um, okay. Wait, then, wait, but not, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then go for it. Just Sergeant asshole misogynist for some reason doesn't verbalize this, but I guess the thought process here was, well, if I can't have it, no one can and proceeds to pull a frag grenade out of his you know vest and mm-hmm. pulls the pin out and ellis has to be like run away like frantically waving his arms yeah, yeah. and they both run away from the truck as it explodes in a fireball uh <laughs> why it, well, it's and it looks so bad it looks like garbage um and and I like I it's hard to tell if his intent was to also was to blow them up was to blow up the truck was to blow up um him, the sample. himself and them all in, in the sample all at once yeah but regardless of whatever happens while the truck is flaming agent nightingale comes up and is like tell me it's okay <laughs> and uh it's like the camera is on it while she says that and it's clearly like broken in half and she's like is there any usable sample left and the guy just shakes his head and they have gone through this mission to pick up this blood sample twice and had it break in the exact same way twice. And uh, so they have no no sample. They have no truck. They start walking down the road and we're left in a very ambiguous like, well, here's what it is. Uh, we can't save the world. It's all over now. Maybe you're infected. Uh, she, he asks her, he's like, you didn't get bitten, did you? And she's like, I don't know. But if I did, you know what to do. And uh, is there, is that it? Is that the final, like. And then they, they drive off uh, while they. In a stolen truck. Well, not stolen, a, but the guy's dead. Abandoned, so they, they, abandoned they, uh, truck. Abandoned truck, yeah. And they, they drive over uh, a bridge while listening to the radio talking about the yes. outbreak getting worse and spreading. And they drive by the worst CG'd on flaming tipped over delivery truck on the opposite side of well, the road on the bridge. It's like a shot of a highway. And then in the background is, a, is, is like L.A. like smoking, like burning. Um, so I guess this infection has made it to like a full population center city. But yeah, the truck is so clearly not in this shot when they they composited it. It it was done on its own on a you know either on a green screen or a computer. I don't know if it's all digital or what it is. Um, and then it looks like it's floating there. It has no like no light cast on the road, no nope. shadow on the road. It's just like floating, cut and pasted into this shot. It's so weird. But yeah, that's it's, where we're at. Why add that? Like if yeah, if you can't make it look good, like the shot looks fine by itself. Just don't include the fucking truck. Yeah, this we didn't is a talk very about unskilled hand. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about uh, uh, the origin of Nightingale's name though. 
I don't even fucking care. Go ahead. <laughs> Someone, Such so at one scene. point when they're at their lowest, Ellis asks Nightingale's like, so how'd you get the nickname? Like you're always helping people, Florence Nightingale kind of thing. And she proceeds to talk about how she used to work somewhere in Africa. Uh, oh, right. and, I, now yeah. I know why you're bringing this up. Yeah. I just remembered. Yeah. And, yeah, fucked up. Uh, uh, she talks about that there was this outbreak there and, and she, she, um, they didn't know what the illness was and they started bringing people and like, they had like medical experts come in and like, uh, put together a field hospital and brought all these villagers in to take care of them. Um, and she goes, well, it wasn't AIDS or anything. Yeah. She's like, it was a real bad outbreak. It wasn't AIDS or anything. like what the fuck who who talks like that what What? a desensitized way to talk about seemingly this very moral person that does care about like disease and atrocities that affect also a like stereotyping of like the types of illnesses that black communities face in africa like like oh you know they they uh, you have to reassure uh, ellis like don't worry it wasn't it wasn't it's not what you think it wasn't aids it was zombies it was a zombie outbreak point so here's the thing it wasn't a zombie outbreak though it was an illness that they tried to treat with a vaccine and experiment on the vaccine from the government oh and that that vaccine gave them zombieism and then she had to get on a machine gun and kill over 100 people with her machine gun now that is weird because she's like i don't know i lost count like up until 100 she was individually like marking them off in her head and then also that like this was a vaccine that caused zombieism who how many different types of zombie outbreaks are there in this world like is it all originating from that island or is it like are there is there a resident evil thing going on too where a, a pharmacy agency is is uh making their own thing and then this guy Sid Haig is making his own thing and then like how do they what do they know about zombies <laughs> it's like it's like the super soldier serum it's like everywhere right it's like yeah, everyone, everyone yeah. somehow has it and everyone is able to like try to create it independently Recreate it and make their own versions of it yeah honestly it is like that <laughs> it's really I, I i don't know what they know and don't know about zombies in this movie is very confusing um and then also that like they're like so that's why they started calling me nightingale as a joke you what who who joked who joked about this terrible atrocity like fucking a hundred people plus died and also also you would know how many people you had to kill like like (laughs) there'd be aftermath reports there would be totals it would be on a report somewhere a specific number of the number of bodies right unless they like nuked the site or something again like and you know you just couldn't possibly but like you'd have a pretty good idea i don't know the the casualness of i lost count really bothers me (laughs) yeah it's there's there's so much to dislike about this movie um yeah and it to your to your point earlier to the point we collectively made but i think you said in a more clarifying way it's that the the thoughts brought forth or the 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 tone of this movie kind of like the the worldview of this movie really is what makes it just the absolute worst for me i mean in terms of a mechanical like shot for shot movie making uh ability it is we've seen worst 
right yeah. but it just it has to it has to take place as the worst simply because it perpetuates so much vileness that mm-hmm. you know at the time in 2005 was pretty standard like jokes about aids pretty yeah. pretty prevalent like especially you know perpetuated by things like south park and whatnot but like it, it even feels the other late stuff. to me though the way that it's handled like sure it, i mean like it, yeah. I, I i don't know how to specifically put I know, a date I know. on that but yeah yeah it it at the very least in the 2000s in the realm of the 2000s i could see someone sitting down and watching this in 2005 and not being disgusted yeah, right right by the things You're, that we are being disgusted by right we, we're definitely looking at it through a, a much more current lens that has colored a lot of how we see the world and yes I, i'm with you like a lot of this was just par for the course back then but there is something to it like even mentioning south park and how crass south park handles these types of same jokes south park always has a like yes this is us we are vile and awful but also um we have something to say about it and well you know it got there maybe not in the earliest version of south park but it got there this has nothing to say about anything (laughs) it's so it's just really like this guy thinks he knows you know these guys the the writers and uh and the director they think they know how to do that kind of thing and they just don't they're just there for violence and breasts and misogyny the the three pillars of movie making well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny because i i love joe bob on uh he's like a horror movie host on on shutter and i used to watch him as a kid growing up and uh blood breasts and beasts are his like three pillars <laughs> great and, and but you know there's a difference somehow i think even though i fully agree <laughs> like this is awful somehow he's not to me i don't know Maybe yeah, it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe, but in either case, we have we have made it through the gauntlet, barely. barely being being dragged down by the zombies that are the the plot points of this movie. We somehow <laughs> pushed our way through the 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 mass, the horde. We came came out the other side better for it. Mm, i was gonna say changed i don't know about better (laughs) i I feel worse (laughs) yeah yeah but we did do it so what's next for us what you know we take a moment to breathe we we Mm -hmm. come back at this please tell me it's not a duvet bowl (laughs) uh it's not we're 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 taking a beat okay um i think it's something you're gonna like i think you're really gonna like it i don't believe you (laughs) (laughs) uh next up we are watching the uh 2005 uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson vehicle oh doom actually a little bit excited for it. yeah excited for doom i've, I've never I've seen, seen this it movie. once okay okay i've so seen it I've, once yeah it's not good certainly oh of course not by the rules of this podcast it of yes. course can't be good. right but uh I don't know. I I remember like obviously like the first person stuff. I remember that being a big thing where it was like, oh god. Um, but uh, I, I don't remember like fully hating it either. So it'll be really interesting to see how how I look back on it now. Yeah, I remember. I I've seen clips of the first person scene because people do kind of make yeah. a, a deal about that. And I also sure. I think it was r- recently I discovered that the Rock is not in fact the Doom guy. 
in this movie, it's Carl Urban. Yeah. Because because the right. first person scene is Carl Urban, not The Rock. Right. That is, Which is interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that, honestly. But yes. Which is very confusing because all of the marketing just has The Rock. And even the cover of like the DVD or whatever, it's just the rock plastered on the front, uh, which seems par for the course for the way the rock likes to kind of steamroll over other, other talent when, when he's uh, on the billing for any project he's in. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's getting a <laughs> real taste of it though. Now, isn't he? Like everyone seems to be turning yeah. on him yeah. over black Adam, which is so funny to me. Like, Finally, people are like, actually, he's kind of got his head up his ass. Yeah. It's like, you think? <laughs> yeah. well, you see, Nick, the power hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. Yes. <laughs> because all of those movies are being wiped away. Yeah. Well, Dylan, the only thing I have to say at the end of the day is, man, I love books. <laughs> books are good. It's not like they're AIDS or anything. <laughs>